Good morning, family. We come, we're coming to a time of prayer right now. Um, but before, before we pray, as your pastor, I'd like to share some thoughts about the election last week. Uh, I don't have a speechwriter, so you're stuck with me. And what you're going to hear is you're going to hear um, conversations that have run through my heart over the last week or two. And I hope that this will resonate with your own heart. And, uh, and most of all, will reflect, I hope, I pray, the heart of our Father in heaven. Uh, this is the 12th presidential election for which I have been eligible to vote. And you can do the math about how old that makes me. So I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. But I've never seen anything like this one. This presidential campaign was, I think, one of the most bitter, divisive, and hurtful in American history. Whoever won, millions upon millions of people were going to be terribly troubled by the result. And if the popular vote is any indication, um, there are a lot of people hurting. There are a lot of people. At least half of the nation is experiencing a, a real depth of pain and sorrow fear, anger, all of the above. Here in our own church, for reasons of conscience and conviction, some of us voted for one candidate, some for the other, some for a third-party candidate, and some for none of the above. The election is over, and now the hard part begins. I believe that we, as individual Christians... And as a church, we exist for such a time as this. If we will not lead the way with grace, truth, love, hope, who will? But we cannot offer this to others around us unless we begin by extending it to each other within our church family. So how do we do that? I'd like to just offer... Uh, some simple thoughts for your consideration. If your candidate won, congratulations, but do not gloat. Remember that many people are sad or scared. Let people lament. If your candidate lost, it is fitting to lament, to be sad, even to be fearful. But do not despair. In other words, this election was very personal, and people are feeling it. There are hurt people on both sides. Nobody came out of this election unscathed. Nobody that I know. So, watch how you speak, especially on social media. Please extend words of kindness and grace and healing. Seek to listen to understand. Seek to humanize the other side instead of demonizing them. Wherever you came out on this election, it is so important that you stay at the family table. Don't leave the table. Don't push back your chair and walk away. You are needed. Who you are, what you think, and how you feel, it really matters. Commit to being a peacemaker. This is a time when peacemakers are needed. 
we are called to seek the peace of the city where God has placed us. Jesus said that a house divided cannot stand. If we are a nation divided, we will not stand. If we are a church divided, we will not stand. Let me put it like this. Division is easy. Unity is hard. Division is costly. Unity is priceless. So our God, as we've been singing, our God is still Lord, and he is good. Amen? He is a faithful king above all. He is certainly trying to get our attention as a nation. So let's be sure he has gotten our attention here at New Life Philadelphia. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. It struck me that it's time for some real FaceTime. Maybe you do FaceTime with some relatives or friends, but it's time for some real FaceTime with God. I want to remind you that we possess a powerful, unifying, beautiful gospel. The Bible says how beautiful on the mountains, and I might add in the valleys like this one, are the feet of those who bring good news. This precious gospel is our common ground. This powerful gospel, that's that's the instrument we have of God's peace for troubled people in a troubled nation, in a troubled time. We also have a radical hope, don't we? We carry a hope that reaches from heaven to earth and back again. And people need hope now more than ever before. Will we bring hope to people? Let's learn to listen and learn to love. Please don't assume that you know how to do either of those. Be asking God to help you grow in learning to listen and learning to love, especially the other, whatever that means for you at such a time as this. And let's learn to pray for a leader that we may not trust and we may not like. As a church, God has given us a high and holy calling to pray for kings and all who are in authority. We do well to remember that kings were often cruel, controlling, and capricious. And what that means is they need prayer. Kings need prayer. Leaders need prayer. So if we will not pray for our leaders, we have no one to blame but ourselves if our land is not able to live in peace. It's a call to prayer. And we have a a very unique kind of duty as dual citizens. You have a dual citizenship here on earth and in heaven. And uh, it's our duty to respect the outcome of the election and to respect people regardless of how they voted. Every one of us and everyone we are going to meet is made in the image of God and needs to be honored, heard, understood. So to that end, we're going to hold a meeting next Sunday night for the purpose of starting a dialogue of understanding and prayer as a church family. Do we have a screen for that? 
It's in the bulletin. There should be a screen, but if there is not, it's in the bulletin. And it will be next Sunday night, 6 o'clock. It will be at the home of David and Pam Bryan. Yes, there's the information on the screen. And I, I just encourage you to come to that meeting and come in the spirit of, of help me understand. Help me understand. Come uh, ready to really uh, share your own heart about how the presidential campaign and election has affected you. And come ready to listen to the hearts of others as uh, they share how they have been impacted. And come ready to pray. It's a dialogue of understanding each other and praying. And then finally, um, I want to remind us of the vision and the mission that God has given us as a church. Who are we? And what are we called to do? I personally find it fascinating that God, in his perfect wisdom and timing, has just led us through a two-year season of revisioning our identity, our calling, and our mission as his people. So this fall, we've been talking as a church about things like this, and I want you to hear this now against the backdrop of the presidential campaign and the presidential election. What have we been talking about? We've been talking about things like this, that people matter to God, so they matter to us as well. That we are a family of nations, ethnicities, races, immigrants. That we pledge to walk together in repentance, faith, and obedience as a church following Jesus in the city. That's our privilege. And that the broken are made whole in Jesus. I think brokenness has perhaps become less abstract to many people over the last week. We see it, we feel it, it's palpable in our nation and all around us. The broken made whole in Jesus. So we need to remember and cherish the fact that we are, by God's grace, a family in Jesus Christ. So we're not a corporation. We don't get to go just, you know, bottom line on the policies and the facts. We're not a club uh, with membership built around mutually enjoyed activities. We're not a collection of like-minded people with the same backgrounds and experiences. We are a church. We are the redeemed. We are the broken being made whole in Jesus. We are messy. We are diverse, but we're brothers and we're sisters in Jesus Christ, and that means you matter to me, and that means I matter to you, and we matter to each other, because each of us matters to the God who came for us. So great was his love. So this is a time for us, you know, to act like family in the best possible sense, Um, God's family, marked by love acceptance, forgiveness. Christ accepted you. Accept one another also. I want to close by, uh, I just want to let you in on something that I actually started praying a few months before the election happened. And I've been praying just this one verse from God's word over relationships, marriages, and other situations that are broken, that are divided, even dead. So here it is. Do we have that on screen? 
Yes, thank you. Uh, from 2 Corinthians verse 13, uh, chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, finally, brothers and sisters, strive for full rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Would you, let's put that back up. Would you read that with me if you would like to make that your prayer over every broken situation that you can think of? Let's, let's read this together. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I believe that we'll see a lot more holy kissing going on around here if these things are happening. And we really believe that the God of love and peace is with us. So let's go to prayer. Yes. It's Sunday night. Thank you. I did not notice that. It, it is 